GodsPeople.org with your host, Dennis Beard. The work of the ministry is what all the call for in the last days. Those that have aspired to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Jesus gave gifts unto man as our great high priest. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now the church has to come to full maturity. We find in Hebrews 5 that as Paul is addressing the church, he's speaking about Melchizedek. Now of course we know in the Battle of the Kings that after that uh, Abraham with the 318 trained servants uh, took Lot uh, their back out and his household out of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. But after the Battle of the Kings, we find Melchizedek meeting Abraham. And he gives them uh, bread and wine. And the less is blessed of the, bre- of, the, of the greater. Now what does that mean to us? When Paul was talking about the Melchizedek ministry, that ministry which we are all called for as kings, priests, and to the Lord our God, where we will reign in the earth for 1,000 years as king's priest with our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. The Melchizedek, as he was explaining it in Hebrews 5, and he said a profound statement. He said, when you ought to be teachers yourselves, you have need again to be taught the first principles of the oracles of God, and you are little babes, babies, for you're unskillful in the word of righteousness and in need of milk. Now the newborn babes desire then sincere milk that they may grow thereby. But by speaking of Melchizedek, he said you ought to already know this. You should already know, if you're full-grown, mature, that you would know the ministry of Melchizedek. He said, these things are hard to be uttered, seeing that you're dull of hearing. And you should ought to be teachers now. But you have need again to be taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. So the Melchizedek ministry, kings and priests unto the Lord our God, we will reign with him in the earth for a thousand years. This Melchizedek gave Abraham he gave him bread and wine, which we know bread to be the body of Jesus and the wine to be the blood. And of course, this is the blood in the New Testament given for you. And the bread is his body that he broke for us. What is the work of the ministry that we're all called for? And that's what we want to focus on today in this podcast. What is the work of the ministry? Is it going passing out tracts or being a good witness at the church? Uh, getting people to come in and get saved. Well, that's notable. But it is the work of the Jesus ministry. Healing the sick, cleansing the leper, raising the dead, casting out devils, open blind eyes, loosing the dumb tongue, the lame walking, captive going free. And blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, which are redemption miracles, showing that Jesus is God Almighty. Now gives us his spirit to do the same. But in the work of the ministry in the last days, in the latter days, these days, there will not only be redemption miracles that Jesus did, but also 
judgment miracles of Moses. And we find this in Revelation 11. And we find the same works that Moses did is also given to the two servants in Revelation 11. And we find that these are judgment miracles to destroy all the gods of Egypt. And God is going to do it again. It's a new thing. It's a thing that's never, ever been done in the earth before and never will be done again. Not only will the body of Christ in the work of the ministry, this Jesus ministry, do the redemption miracles that Jesus did. They will do the judgment miracles of Moses that he did in destroying the gods of Egypt and also the kingdom miracles of Elijah. Now, there's a time for this. There's a time for the perfecting of the saints. There's a time for the work of the ministry. And this time is to bring us all to the unity of the faith to the edifying of the body of Christ and the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, the knowledge of the Son of God is not gnosko, not knowing him after the flesh, but after the Spirit, being Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it's more than that. It's an epigonosko, a higher glory. And he tells us what that is in Ephesians 4.12. The knowledge of the Son of God is unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. In other words, full-grown perfection in the body of Christ because Jesus is coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, perfect in all her ways, coming back for this glorious church. How do we get there? Well, obviously, it's through the Holy Ghost leading us and guiding us into all truth. This work of the ministry is what we're focusing on today. On the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John. Didn't take all 12. He only took three. And three is the number of resurrection. It's not the number of the Trinity. It's the number of the resurrection. Three in the Word of God in Bible numerics is I will raise you up. Jesus was raised on the third day. In Hosea 6, he said, after the second day, I'll revive you. In the third day, I will raise you up, and you will live in my sight. If we follow him to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he will come to us as the rain, former and latter rain. Now, the former rains, the book of Acts, Acts, the second chapter, and that's Shabbat or Pentecost, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Well, we've had that Pentecostal experience some 2,000 years ago. What's the new thing? This new wine. This new thing that God said I will do, that a woman will compass a man. Well, that is the man-child of Revelation 12. I saw a great sign, a wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon and under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. What's happening there? Well, the church is going through sorrows, birth pangs. We see that in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pangs. And that's the reason why that the Christian that's in the true one God, Jesus' name, 
body of Christ knows the signs of the times. Evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. Famine, plagues, sword, noisome beast. The things that we're seeing now. Earthquakes in diverse places. The plagues, COVID-19. We're seeing HIV, Ebola. All this on the planet. It's simply a sign of his coming. Somebody said, well, we've heard that all of our lives. Yes, but now it's beginning to crescendo. It's beginning to epoch. It's beginning to manifest more and more. More earthquakes in the last 10 years than there has been previously in all time since creation. It's letting us know that we're in the last of the last days. Well, what is this work of the ministry that we're all called for? Well, we find that there will be a great influx of souls. And we find that in the Word of God in Isaiah 60 through 66 about great nations, entire nations coming into the kingdom of God. So great a harvest of souls that It's called the latter rain. It's the last great rain of his strength. It's to bring in that last day harvest of souls. As give you rain in the time of the latter rain. We have to know the time of the latter rain. So the Lord will make clouds, send forth showers to every one grass in the field. Man can't do it. It's only through God and the lifting up of his word in and through the body of Christ's living epistles. And this is where we are today. As we see evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, we're seeing more hate against the body of Christ and simply a sign of the times. Jesus said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. And he said that in John 16. Why? That time's going to come. They're going to deliver you up out of the synagogues, the churches. Yea, the time comes that whosoever killeth you will think that it had got a service. Why will they do this? Because they'll call evil good and good evil. This they will do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They do not know the true Christ, that he is the Father of glory, manifest in the days of his flesh as the Son of God, who is the Father revealed, not a second person of the Godhead. So we have been fed an ecumenical council lies since 325 A.D. in the Nicene Creed, 451 A.D. in the Council of Chalcedon, or the Chalcedonian definition of a trinity. There is only one God. Here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. You believe in one God, you do well. The devils believe also and tremble. We know thee who thou art, the Holy One of Israel. And when we understand Christ, we understand Christ is the Father of glory. He is that Spirit, as stated in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. The Old Testament prophets search diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That is signified when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Not a different Christ. Christ the Spirit that was in all the Old Testament prophets. 
in Moses, in Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets all the way to Malachi. How did they prophesy? By the Spirit, by the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, by the Almighty God El Shaddai, Elohim. Who is that? That is Christ. Well, he also had to have a man. By one man's disobedience and came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Well, God's got to have a man. He's spirit. He can't die, can't be tempted. Well, how does he do it? Isaiah 59, 16. Isaiah 63, 5. God looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. Therefore, his own arm brought salvation unto me, Jesus said, to myself. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Christ is God. Therefore, we have the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why did he hide it? Because he said in John 16 that I spoke to you in Proverbs, uh, but the time is coming that I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. And he's doing it today. He's doing it now. It's necessary to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is uh, the work of the ministry to proclaim the real Jesus, the true Christ. So we're now in a sealing process. Seal the servants of our God in their forehead. It's the mind of Christ. That sealing is nothing other than Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Ghost. It is the Father of glory. In Ephesians 4, it said there's only one body. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, the Father of all, and in us all. The Father's in you. Christ in you is the spirit of his Son that he has sent forth. Galatians 4, 6, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Because it's one and the self, same spirit. Now, with that said, it is the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the hope of glory, that will work these works in the last days in the Jesus ministry, the work of the ministry. Now, exactly what is that? Well, we're going to find in the latter rain that there is a restoration, a restitution of all things. We find in Acts 3, 20 and 21 that the heavens must receive Jesus to the times of the restitution or restoration of all things. Now, the things which are seen are temporal. The things which are not seen are eternal. We're talking about eternal things. For faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal in the world. The things which are not seen are eternal, which is faith. Now, we're earnestly contended for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. This is what will be revealed in the last days, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith that were honestly contended for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. To show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass? Yes. He sent and signified it by his angel unto John. Why? Why? Because John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, 
there, that apostle who wrote the gospel according to John, three epistles and the book of the Revelation, is giving us this revelation of Jesus Christ according to him on the Isle of Patmos. And he said, blessed is he that readeth and keepeth the sayings of this book, the book of this prophecy. Now the book of this prophecy must be revealed as uh, and through the Holy Ghost as servants of God. For the world cannot see these things, neither can they know them. The wicked cannot understand these things, only the righteous. And when John saw this man, he knew that he was looking at Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And if anyone knew the Lord, John, the apostle, knew the Lord. As he walked upon the man, he was about to worship him, Revelation 19.10. And when he was about to worship him, the man said, See that thou doest it not. I am of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren, not an angel. I am one of the church members. I'm a fellow servant with you. One of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Now that testimony of Jesus is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. How do we know that? Because in Revelation 19.10 it's stated, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Small s. Why? Because it's given to us to know these things through the Holy Ghost and he that's joined to the Lord is one spirit. It's given to us to know these things where we, we will be sealed by the Holy Ghost. How? Through the word. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So there's a sealing going on for the body of Christ for the sole purpose of the work of the ministry. The Jesus ministry. He has promised that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached unto all the world for a witness unto all nations and then the end will come. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Endure hardship as a good soldier. And that is the work of the ministry. It's the perfecting of the saints. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. In the unity of the faith, not a denomination, of the faith. Every person, a believer and a servant of God, will have to come out of every man-made organization to walk in this truth. Now, there's some of them are very good, not saying anything about them. The doctrines they have uh, live and uh, a life that is becoming to God, but the truth prevails. We must come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ in that unity of the faith, speaking the same thing in one mind and one accord. And that's why the sealing of God to his servants in their forehead is so, is so necessary and essential. In Revelation 6, we find the four horsemen going out. And we find these four living creatures the Zoe, and they are the ones being used, saying, come and see. One of the four beasts said, come and see. The second beast said, come and see. Well, these four beasts 
And we find there before the throne of God and four and twenty elders that these sing the song of the Lamb, the song of the redeemed. They're not angels. They are the body of Christ. But they have a higher glory than Pentecost. They have a much higher glory than what we have uh, been experiencing thus far in the Pentecostal realm. They are tabernacleists. They have gone into a higher season. They have gone into the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy in the last season, the third season. First season, Passover. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. Second season, Pentecost, had happened in Acts, the second chapter, the Feast of Weeks. Sheba, seven Shebas, seven weeks, and on the morrow, 50. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one mind and one accord in the upper room. Acts, the second chapter, were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Cloven tongues of fire appeared and set on each one of them. Marvelous work of God, power, glory, revealed in through the body of Christ. But that's a former rain that was given moderately. Now it's going to cause to come down the last great rain of his strength. Far, far greater than Pentecost. There was cloven tongues of fire. It set on each one of the believers, 120 in the upper room. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. But this in the last days, he said, I, what, the, the, the angels are, uh, makes his angel spirits, his ministers, a flame of fire. Fire. Not just cloven tongues of fire setting on them, but literally the ministry literally turned in a ministers a flame of fire. He said, you will be for fire and the Holy One over you for a flame. He that's joined the Lord is one spirit. It won't be us. It'll be God through us. Christ through us. In a higher glory than Pentecost. So therefore on the Mount of Transfiguration. He took with him Peter, James, and John. Three. Why? That's a number of resurrection. I'll raise you up. Not raptured. But a higher glory. A new season. The woman clothed with the sun. The moon under feet. Upon her head a crown, crown of twelve stars. There to bring forth a man-child, caught up to God and to his throne. Not a rapture. And we're finding at this time that that great red dragon, having seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns upon his head, will go to make war against the woman and the remnant of her seed. Who are they? They keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. They'll look like Jesus. They'll walk like Jesus. They'll talk like Jesus. But it's not. It is Christ through them. As we see in Revelation 12. It's a remnant of our seed that keep the commandments of God. You love God, you keep his commandments. And they have something the others that did not move on from Pentecost do not have. Because they did not go on to that new thing. The new wine cut off from you. Awake you drunkards and howl. For the new wine is cut off, the new thing, the latter rain. This new thing is the testimony of Jesus. We keep the commandments of God if you love him. And he said, and they also have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is knowing those things 
that the Lord is doing, reading and keeping the sayings of the book of this prophecy, the book of the Revelation. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. Then why so many judgments? Because when judgments in the earth, men will learn righteousness, that he is God that came into the earth, the Son of God, the Father, reveal the express image of his singular person, the true Christ. And that is the work of the ministry that he's preparing his body for now, for those that have an ear to hear. So we all started out as newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. But then we grew because God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we're going from glory to glory. We don't just stay there. God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. Who's the Lord? Jesus Christ. He is that spirit. That man has been become a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. He has been made that same Jesus whom you crucified. God has made him both Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty, the Father of glory, glorified with the Father's own self, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, Christ in you, the Father in you now, for his glory. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We all with open face, beholding as, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image. The same image? Yes. From glory to glory. Don't stay in one as a baby or little children. We've got to go higher until we are fully mature fathers. Small f. For whom the Lord did foreknow, them he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. And them that he called, them he also justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified. There's your glory. To what kind of glory? He also glorified, what? To the image of Jesus Christ. Not something less. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And why is he doing it? For the work of the ministry unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is what God's doing now. This is the present truth of those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There on that Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was transfigured before them. Peter said in his epistle, we saw his majesty. They saw the shekinah glory of God. His face shone as it were the sun. But he only took Peter, James, and John. Why three? Because it's speaking of, I'm going to raise you up. And you're going to live in my sight. It's not, a, it's not, the, it's not the rapture. It's a higher glory. For the last day work of the ministry. Ephesians 4.12. And that's where we're all headed right now. Now what exactly is this work of the ministry? Well, in Matthew 17, when they came down off the mount, as they went up there, Peter, James, and John, only three, indicative of 
raising you up. Not all 12 went, only Peter, James, and John. And there they saw Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. Jesus, obviously, only did redemption miracles. He never killed anyone. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walked, captain went free. Blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me, Jesus said. But there was Moses there. Peter, seeing Moses and Elijah with Jesus, said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three booths, three tabernacles, three Sukkos. Not Pentecostal, but tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he wist not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. When they had a great terror fell upon them, Jesus transfigured before them. When they, when they rose up off the ground, Peter, James, and John saw Jesus only. Very important. Because it was not Moses working those judgment miracles upon Egypt, destroying all the gods of Egypt. It was Christ through Moses. We know that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Moses is that prophet, and he spake by the Spirit of Christ that was in him. Well, it wasn't Moses doing the miracles. It was Christ through Moses doing the miracles. And he did those judgment miracles and destroyed all the gods of Egypt. But the last day work of the ministry, they will say no more, blessed be the Lord God, which brought up his people out of the land of Egypt. That won't even come into mind because this last great day work of God in the work of the ministry will be far, far greater than anything we've seen Here's a four. This will be the greatest manifestation of Jesus through the body of Christ that the world will ever see. Jesus did the redemption miracles. Moses did the judgment miracles. Elijah did kingdom miracles. We see the kingdom miracles of Elijah it will reign not in the days of his prophecy, three and a half years. The various things that we see, Elijah, and one rose from the dead, from the boy. We saw him multiply the oil in a barrel and the meal of the widow. Those were the kingdom miracles. But it wasn't him. It wasn't Elijah doing that. It was Jesus, Jesus only. Now, right after Jesus comes down off that mountain, he's letting us see there will be Jesus manifest only in the body of Christ through doing the redemption miracles of Jesus, the judgment miracles of Moses, and the kingdom miracles of Elijah. All at once that have never, ever been done before through one body. And that's exactly what John saw when he looked at the man he knew was Jesus about to worship him. And he said, see, thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. I have obeyed the sayings of the book of this prophecy. 
And now I have received a seal. I am a father. He's grown from newborn babes, desiring the sincere milk of the word, going from glory to glory, the next glory, his little children. We see that in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his namesake. How were your sins forgiven? Well, you were born of the water and the spirit. Peter had the keys of the kingdom telling us how. Acts 2.38, when they on the day of Pentecost were pricked in their heart, said, men and brethren, what must we do? Peter, standing up along with the other eleven, Matthew there also, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, they didn't baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. They just baptized Father, Son, Holy Ghost. No, they didn't. No. The name of the Father is Jesus, John John 5, 43 through 46. John 17, Jesus said, I'm coming in my Father's name. Keep through thine own name, Father, that those that give, those that thou hast given me. I have manifested your name. The name of the Father is Jesus. The name of the Father and of the Son. No one will refute that. The name of the Son is Jesus. The name of the Holy Ghost he said, I'll pray the Father send you another comforter in my name. The Holy Ghost in my name. The name of the Holy Ghost, Jesus. Because it's one spirit. Father, Word, and Holy Ghost is but one spirit. There, the name of the Father, Jesus. That's the invisible spirit of God. The Father of glory. Mm. Jesus, the Son of God, is the image of the invisible God that has the exact same spirit. I and my Father are one. John 10, 30. We're one and the self-same spirit. Not a different spirit. Same spirit. Because there's only one spirit in God. God is a spirit. Capital S. And he is one. The Son of God is that Father revealed. What's the name he came in? Jesus. The Holy Ghost. That is the spirit of that person. What is that? What's his name? Jesus. So, going to all the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, baptizing them in the name, singular, of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And along with you always, even to the end of the world, amen. The name is Jesus. Peter having that same revelation, not, not contradicting the word, but giving the revelation of that word, said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because that's the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Father's not a name, Son's not a name, Holy Ghost. The name is Jesus. Jesus Christ. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. That's the only way you can have the heart circumcised that the body of the sins of the flesh might be cut off by baptism. That's Romans 2, verse 28 and 29. That's Romans 6, 1 through 4. That's Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. And you're complete in him, have need of nothing else, and in whom you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism. Somebody said, that's not faith. Yes, it is. Through faith in the operation of God, 
God takes an operation, a spiritual scaffold, and cuts off the foreskin of your heart in baptism. Born of the water. That's born of the water. So repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. What name is that? Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. The body of the sins of the flesh is cut off by the circumcision of Christ, the circumcision made without hands, a spiritual operation of God operating on your heart. The body of the sins of the flesh cut off, born of the water for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now you're born of the Spirit. You must be born of the water and the Spirit. Covered it in one verse, Acts 2.38. Check it out. No one ever asked the Father to come into their heart. No one ever said the sinner's prayer, but they were all baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After they repented, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, and they received the Holy Ghost. You'll see that in Acts 2.38, Acts 8.16, Acts 10, Acts 19. You'll find even Saul of Tarsus called turned Paul, who had seen the Lord on the Damascus Road, knocked down by that great light, seeing that light, so who art thou, Lord? Who are you, Lord Jehovah God Almighty? I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's hard for thee to kick against the, against the pricks. That's, at that time, Paul had seen the Lord, number one, was told his name, the revelation of the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, who is Jehovah's salvation, not Jehovah Junior, but Jehovah his salvation. Three, he is blinded. And four, he's told exactly what he's going to do to be an example of long-suffering, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here's a man that has seen God, has a revelation of the name of God, Jesus uh, himself, revealed to Paul, knows his calling, and is blinded and is healed as Ananias comes to him. After he has had these four profound revelations, seeing the Lord, the revelation of his name, the calling on his life, and healed of his blindness, still that sin remained. And that's the reason we find Ananias saying, Brother Saul, arise and be baptized, washing away your sins. Washing away your sins? You've already seen the Lord. You've, been, you've, you've had the revelation of the name of Jesus. You know your call. He's healed you. He says, yes. Brother Saul, why tarryest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Paul was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, that's the second step of growth as not newborn babes, but little children. And you'll find in 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write in you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake, born of the water and the spirit. Acts 2, 38, repentant, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, born of the water. And they've received the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. And... Uh, then it says, I write into you, little children, because you've known the Father. They know that Jesus is the Father revealed. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
How sayest thou then, show us the Father, Philip? John 8, 24, when they asked Jesus, where is your father? Jesus stated in John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the father of glory, you shall die in your sins. Ooh, very strong statement. What about the love of God? There, God is love. But we have to obey his commandments. If we love him, we obey him. Why don't we call him Lord, Lord, and do not the things he tells us? As we do not obey God in obedience, under righteousness in Romans 6. Then we will hear the frightful words, Depart from me, you works of iniquity. I never knew you, for you did not do the will of my Father which is in heaven. Matthew 7. So that is now another level. Babes, they don't know that Jesus is the Father. They're newborn. But little children, their sins are forgiven for his name's sake, and they know the Father. First John 2 through. 2, verse uh, 12, uh, 12 through 14. Now there's another higher growth. This is where we are now. Young men. We're going from little children to young men. I run to you, young men, because uh, the Word of God is strong in you, and you have known you've overcome the wicked one. <laughs> you have overcome the wicked one. You're an overcomer. This is what we see in Revelation, the second and third chapter. I write to you, young man, because the word of God is strong in you, because it's through the word that you do the will of God. How do you prove what is the perfect will of God for your life? Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for you is. So the young men, through the word of God, have overcome the wicked one, overcome the devil of the world in their own flesh. But there's still a higher glory. We find those overcomers obeying the Lord Jesus in Revelation, the second and third chapter. But there's still a ceiling yet to come, an apocalyptic ceiling in there in Revelation 7. There is the final step, the final step in glory. You've added to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godly, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is not just love. It's the love of God in doing his will. That's the reason charity will cover a multitude of sins. Charity is the bond or guarantee of perfectness. Then charity, when that which is perfect has come, all these other things will be done away with. We have knowledge in part. All the things we have now are in part. But when that which is perfect has come, all that which is in part will be done away with. This is unto a perfect man. It's the last step of glory. It is fathers. And those are the ones sealed in Revelation 7. It's the fathers. Small f. Though you have many instructors and many teachers in Christ, yet you have not many fathers. And this will literally fulfill the promise in Malachi 4 
that Jesus said, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. Not at it, before it. What's Elijah going to do? What's this? And then Elijah, when he came, it was John the Baptist and the spirit of Elijah before he comes the second time at the second advent of Jesus will be John. Jehovah favored, which is the body of Christ as we see in Revelation 10 that John saw and heard the seven thunders utter their voices and he was about to write Angel said, write it not. Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. It's going to be through the revelation of Christ. Through the Holy Ghost. Now, take that book, that little book out of the angel's hand, the Bibliorydian. The Biblion is the word of God from Genesis to Revelation. Take that little book, the Bibliorydian, out of the angel's hand. Nobody's going to give it to you. You've got to take it. The kingdom of God suffers violence. The violent take it by force. And he took it out of the angel's hand. It'll be sweet to your mouth as honey, bitter to your belly. Notice that he says, when John did this, I ate the book. Immediately, it was sweet to my mouth as honey and bitter to my belly. Then it was told John, John, you must again prophesy, preach this kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Jesus. You must again prophesy before many nations, kindreds, tongues, and kings. John, John that foreran, John the Baptist foreran Jesus' first coming. John will forerun Jesus' second coming in the spirit of Elijah, which is the body of Christ that have come to the final level of glory of fathers. And they will be the ones used for the work of the ministry, not anyone else. And it will literally fulfill Malachi 4. And Elijah will come and restore all things. Just as Jesus said in Matthew 17, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. What is that? The children are the ones that their sins are forgiven for his name's sake and know that Jesus is the Father. But there's still a level of glory that must come up in obedience to God in the work of the ministry. Unto a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto the knowledge of the Son of God. That is epigonosco, a perfect image of Jesus. The body of Christ being one, Jesus ahead, the body of Christ being but one body. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who's above all, Father of all, and in us all. That's the mystery. That's the mystery God is now revealing to the body of Christ, to those that have an ear to hear. That's what he's doing right now, presently, in the proceeding word of God from the throne of God, flowing to the body of Christ now, for those that have an ear to hear. And that is for the work of the ministry. Why? Because he promised that these, these are the ones, these are the living creatures, these are the four beasts in Revelation 4 and 5 that have the feast, 
the face, and the face is the glory now. We have the glory that's in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and we must take the same face. That face is the glory. It's not our glory, but we receive of that glory through Christ our Lord. And they have a face of a lion, Jesus, shown the lion of the tribe of Judah in the gospel according to Matthew. Gospel according to Mark, John Mark, he is the perfect man, face of a man. And Luke, he is the suffering servant, the ox. And all increase comes by the strength of the ox. And in John, he's the flying eagle. That's the reason you see in Genesis 3, immediately after the fall, God set Cherubim, capital C, at the east end of the Garden of God. That's a capital C because that is Jesus. To keep the way of the tree of life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And cherubim, Jesus coming down in the days of his flesh. That servant, Isaiah 43, 10, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, not two, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, God, the Father of glory, is that servant. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood to die for the sin of the world. See, now that I, even I, God said, am he, beside me there is no other Savior. I am God thy Redeemer. I am the Holy One of Israel. You can read it in Isaiah 42, Isaiah 43, 10 through 17. It goes all the way through there. Isaiah 59, 15, 16, Isaiah 6, 3, 5, that he is God manifest in flesh. 1 Timothy 3, 16 says, without controversy, great is that mystery of godliness that God himself was manifest in the flesh. Now, why? Now we are that same glory, we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord Jesus are changed into the same image. How? From glory to glory. What glories? God has thrown forth that glory in the face of Jesus. What face? Lion, man, ox, and eagle. So we see these cherubim of glory in Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, by the river Kibar, and those are the ones, that are the living creatures in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, which are the redeemed of the Lord. And they are the ones in Revelation 6 that will say, come and see proclaiming the everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Now, in another podcast, we'll go into exactly what the work of the ministry is. You're called for the work of the ministry. The ministry is the kingdom of God. Just as it was in the former reign in Acts the 8th chapter, all the saints of God were scattered abroad and went everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom of God. There abode at Jerusalem only the apostles. For all the saints, the church was scattered abroad. Then Daniel 12, he said, after God has accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, he said he would. Then all these things would be finished. He did it in the former reign. Now, he's going to do it one more time in the last great reign of his strength, but not a former reign in the latter reign. And these will be the ones 
that will preach the everlasting gospel for all the world, to all the world, for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. You're called for the work of the ministry. God's sealing those people now, the servants of God, in their forehead, the mind of Christ, for those that have an ear to hear. They're not just overcomers. That's in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. They're the young men that have the word of God that is strong in them and overcome the wicked one. And these are the ones, these are the ones that will be counted worthy for that last day work of the ministry. Not only called, but chosen. Many called, few chosen. These are not only called, the chosen, but are faithful and their calling. You'd like to know more? We'd like to hear from you. This is Sealing God's People at SealingGodsPeople.org DennisBeard.org DennisBeard Ministries And that's at DennisBeard.org We'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas Zip Code 75606 Or you can drop us a line there SealingGodsPeople.org We'd love to hear from you. If God's moving on you Let's get together the body of Christ that's coming into one. The one measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and the unity of the faith, speaking the things, saying things, one mind and one accord. As it was in Pentecost, so will it be in tabernacles, but far greater. Not only doing the redemption miracles of Jesus, but the judgment miracles of Moses and the kingdom miracles of Elijah. Tune in next time before we go into the work of the ministry in detail. And what we, as the body of Christ, those that overcome and are counted worthy of the sealing of it in Revelation 7, the work of the ministry. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.